Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Common Sense Finance. On this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Barner Donovan from St. Peter's University. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. Oh, thanks a lot for having me. So something I like for our guests to do on the show is to provide some background into who they are so that the listeners can get a better idea of who they are. So would you be able to provide some insight into your background? Oh, sure. Uh, so as you said, I'm a professor of communication and the Department of Communication Media Culture here at St. Peter's. I'm also the uh, director of the graduate program in communication and public relations. And then uh, my background and, and, and work and, and interests uh, comes out of the studying of audiences and, uh, and fandom, uh, particularly from, uh, from film, uh, film audiences, the, uh, the behavior of, uh, of, of, of film fans as a, as a culture, also a popular culture uh, phenomena, um, including over the last several years, I've been so fascinated by the, uh, the rise of the, uh, of the conspiracy culture uh, that we've been seeing, uh, which is at its, at its very disturbing um, apex right now. Um, but, um, but yes, and I'm also an author of, uh, of several books on topics like this, three nonfiction books on uh, films and, uh, and audiences, and also some, uh, uh, some, uh, some novels. I wrote two uh, science fiction thrillers. If you like that combination, I think you would love my work. And I have a, uh, a new murder mystery called Fatal Pose, and set in the uh, world of bodybuilding that's going to be coming out this, uh, this September 14th. And um, I'm, I should just come clean and say I'm also a member of the Illuminati. I brainwash students with 5G technology uh, since we have been online. I master Minded once a measles outbreak in New York, and I'm also the mastermind behind the uh, the metal monolith uh, uh, phenomenon last year. Or at least I had some some conspiracy theorists accusing me of these things. See, that's the interesting thing when uh, uh, when you're studying this. And apparently there have been some other scholars who, who write about the conspiracy culture. Is that real quickly uh, they get accused of uh, being a part of a conspiracy themselves? But the metal monolith, I joked about that on my blog once. Uh, because uh, my, uh, my, my first uh, novel uh, that came out in 2018, it's called Confirmation, Investigations of the Unexplained, dealt with a plot of these mysterious objects showing up around the world. And then so, so I made a joke about that on my, on my blog. And then uh, sure enough, there's a, uh, uh, there's a conspiracy page that's accusing me of uh, having a part in it. So they, they make me feel so powerful. So that's a little bit of my, my, my checkered history there. Yeah, I also find it interesting how, like you mentioned, we are at an apex of conspiracy theory and theorist. So mm -hmm. I think that's a that's something I want to get into later in our, mm -hmm. our conversation sure. because, like, you, it's it's a trending phenomenon in our society, and I, I think it's just in interesting to explore a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you mentioned that you work with public relations and branding. One question that I always had is how important is a company's brand or image for its own success to the public? 
Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's paramount. Um, and it's it's probably whatever business you're going into, uh, you, whatever business you want to uh, you want to run a product that you want to create. It's uh, it's probably one of the most important things that you have to create. I mean, basically, um, your brand is going to be uh, your your identity, uh, a value system uh, that you uh, that you stand for. And usually, when I'm teaching uh, marketing, communication, branding, I try to include as many uh, exercises like this for my students uh, to, to choose a product. I mean, sometimes I have exercises for them where I tell them, I'm going, actually, I force a product on them, something really, really boring. And I say like, it's like a nails that you hammer into the wall, right? Or, or, or chalk or something really dull. Uh, and how to sell that by creating a, a, a value system around it. I mean, because really that is the, uh, that's the essence of branding. You know, it's, it's a promise uh, that when somebody buys your product or the products of your company, uh, they're buying some, they're, they're buying a, a value system that's always going to be uh, going to be consistent. Because you know, uh, usually, if you think about all of the products that we uh, that we buy, or when we make choices between one product or, or, or the other, is that you most often you're, you're 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 buying a concept, say like patriotism. Uh, that a certain car companies, it's not just, they're not just selling you an SUV, but they're selling you the great American outdoors, or, or they're selling you a, a parenthood, um, or, or, or a, a traditional values, or, 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 or iconoclastic rebellious values, or, or sex, right? I mean, that's, uh, that's the oldest cliche in marketing and advertising, sex sells, but of course it does, right? People don't just buy a bar of soap, they buy really great sex, or, or they hope to. You know, so, so that's, that's at the core of, uh, of, of, of branding. You know, what, uh, what kind of a, um, uh, what, what sort of an intangible value system are you, are you selling uh, people? So, so it can be you know, things like, like, like patriotism or sex or, or parenthood, or uh, something that's interesting that we've been seeing over the, uh, the last couple of years is uh, uh, when you try to sell more mindful um, and an enlightening uh, concepts to your uh, to your uh, your audiences as well. You know that you are not just selling that SUV, but this is the most uh, uh, most fuel efficient SUV because you uh, that because that's this entire mission of your whole company. You know, preserving the environment, mm-hmm. um, and then you're you're also taking uh, taking part in activities like uh, donating to uh, to environmental causes. So so it, it, it's it's uh, that's that's uh, that's the uh, the whole whole um, point of creating a, a brand, when you say that you're creating a brand, what does uh, your product and ultimately what does your entire company stand for? Or this is you know, someone who's studying uh, studying film. Um, what always always fascinates me is that you can create brands and effective uh, celebrities, effective performers. They're a brand themselves. And if you're really thinking about it, you know most huge uh, pop stars, singers, or, or movie stars, they stand for certain things, right? When you when you hear the name, say Miley Cyrus, immediately you're thinking of a value system, right? I mean, uh, for Someone, someone who's old enough and uh, remembers being a teenager in the 80s, I would say that you know Miley Cyrus is like a repackaged Madonna, but it's the same idea of you know being sexually rebellious, shocking. Uh, so that's the Miley Cyrus, Cyrus brand, or you know Kanye West is a brand. 
crazy and, and unpredictable and controversial, but, but, but it is something that, uh, that celebrity, uh, that an individual stands for. You know? So, so that's, that's, that would be a suggestion I would uh, have for people who manage performers, manage brands, manage politicians, that everything needs that value system uh, to make it easily identifiable, because that way you're, you're making a promise to your, uh, to your potential uh, consumers. And then a follow-up question to that would be, how fragile is this, Im like this image a company makes for itself, especially a relationship that they might build with their customer? Could that be broken rather easily? Oh, absolutely. You know, there's, a, there's a saying that Warren Buffett uh, had that it uh, takes 20 years uh, to build a brand and five minutes to destroy it. And probably today, uh, you can destroy it as quickly as it takes you to send out a tweet. Uh, that because information can go uh, viral so quickly uh, that, that if, if you have critics who are easily, easily offended, then they are able to spread their criticism very, very, very fast. You know, so, so absolutely, the, the brand can be almost in, instantaneously uh, damaged. I mean, we're, 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 living in a, uh, we're living in a culture you know, right now that in, you have so many people who just enjoy being outraged. You know, you, you hear about somebody wanting to boycott or, or some something, some company almost uh, almost every day. It's it's has become a sport. It's it's in, it's enjoyable for many people, and to see prominent companies, prominent brands, famous people get dragged down into the um, into the mud. So you have to be very careful, and you need then you need to be mindful. You know what exactly. You know, can it be that can damage the brand? Right. So, 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 what can you, uh, what can you do uh, that will, uh, that will, will cause that? You know. So, um, and really, uh, if you're going to be mindful of the brand, you have to be, let's say, a very good sociologist and, and a good psychologist. Just, just understand the social mores um, at at any time. You know. So, so right now, uh, what is it uh, that um, American culture you know, is so sensitive to? You know, that gets so offended by. Right, so especially over the over the past year, uh, that um, charges of prejudice, right, uh, racism and bigotry uh, can damage somebody's uh, reputation very quickly. You know, so I mean, we we we've heard so many um, uh, so many instances of uh, someone making a joke uh, years ago, or or tweeting, uh, you know, retweeting or sharing some uh, some meme that um, that can be seen as being prejudicial or bigoted in some way. You know, so. Right now, you just need to understand you know, that this is a hot button topic. This is so, something that, that the culture is so sensitive to. You know, so your CEO, your, your, your top pitch man, uh, the, uh, the celebrity who's in your show, if, uh, if they break the, uh, this, 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 this cardinal rule of the culture right now, you know, that can wipe out the, uh, the, brand, uh, the brand immediately. Or um, you know, if, if, if you do something, uh, where your behavior is just completely you know, counter to the brand. You, know, you, you set yourself up as you know, standing for one thing, um, and then suddenly uh, you do something else, or you're involved in business that doesn't seem to support the brand. Uh, say, for example, sometimes uh, you have some criticisms of some of the uh, production companies that Disney owns, uh, where Disney has a brand, right? It's It's 
family friendly. That's 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 uh, that's always been the Disney brand, the ultimate uh, family brand. Um, however, uh, when when they own or had owned uh, production companies where they try to diversify uh, the product and say do more adult oriented films, uh, say say an R rated film, then you're going to have some of its critics uh, get bothered by that. But wait a minute, that's counter to the Disney brand. You know, Disney is it's not about the violence and R ratings or or sex or adult humor. You know, Disney is family entertainment. You know, so when you, you, you've done something like that, where, where, where it looks like the, the brand is but a facade and the actions don't uh, don't support it. Or, or I mean, so, so, as I said, that, that, that this applies to the brand concept applies to people, um, you know, their, their behavior. You know, if you're, you're Ellen DeGeneres, right? We had the, uh, the big Ellen DeGeneres career, career meltdown uh, that her brand, right? She, she had that slogan too. She is the queen of nice. It, everything worked perfectly up until the scandal where it turned out that how toxic her, her, her uh, the back, the backstage of her, her show was uh, that people were being bullied and, and harassed and intimidated. You know, that was the brand, right? That, that, that she, she called herself the queen of nice. She acted very nicely, right? I mean, she, was, she appeared to be a very, very personable individual. And then when something like this comes out, it is exactly counter you know, to what the Ellen DeGeneres brand was. Or, or I, I guess here's something else where, where you have uh, the breaking story right now still trending and people are making fun of this. You know, that if, you, if you're really, 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 really sorry about offending the Chinese Communist Party, right, with John Cena. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you, you probably saw, saw the, a lot of the memes and the, uh, and the mockery of him, right, recently? The uh, the way that he was uh, and, and he, he he talked like that in a um, in, in a video that he uh, that he issued apologizing uh, basically to uh, uh, to the Chinese government uh, for saying that uh, that Taiwan is a country. Um, so, however, I mean, he's in a he's in a position where his movie you know, needs to be released in uh, in China this summer, and it needs to uh, needs to make money there. And and the Chinese are are, are very uh, um, uh, very vindictive uh, when it comes to any kind of media that they let in, because again, you know, it's you're you're, you're dealing with a uh, you're dealing with a, a authoritarian communist country, and so it's the government controlling uh, what media is let in. You know, so um, it puts him in a bind, right? Because there's a John. Cena brand, right? When we think of John Cena, we think of a tough guy. He's, he's, he's a big muscular guy. He's, he's a former pro wrestler. Um, he's the movie that he's in. Right? He's going to be an action movie, the uh, Fast Nine, where he's probably going to be taking on you know armies of bad guys and beating everybody up and, and blowing things up because he's a fearless tough guy. And then to hear him groveling like this, it's it's really um, uh, really hurting what what John Cena the brand should be should stand for. So it would be interesting. I, I, I'm I'm fascinated to see if he's going to recover from this. And will Fast and Furious fans say that, well, look, look, I like my movie. Yeah, they blow stuff up and the cars go fast. I just want my entertainment and I can separate that. Um, or I can keep in mind that, yes, he's John Cena. He's an actor uh, that has uh, the, the studio probably told him, John, <laughs> what did you do? Um, you know, you're not supposed to criticize the, uh, I mean, it, it, it sounded like, like he did it inadvertently. You know, said that, 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 that Taiwan 
on as a, as a country, which it is. Um, so he, 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 he makes that, it wasn't even like a political statement. It just, just comes out of his mouth that he's so happy that Taiwan was the first one of the first countries uh, to see his film. I mean, it it's, it's probably was not any kind of a, any sort of a conscious statement that he made, you know, but the Chinese government is, is, is very sensitive to, to these things. So, and plus, um, someone like John Cena probably it, it has uh, one of the film business they call a back-end deal, uh, that he gets a, a percentage of the film's grosses. Now, so we probably got the call from the studio saying, John, um, your, your back-end deal is going to be in trouble here. Uh, if the uh, if the government the Chinese government doesn't let our movie in because of what you say, so go and apologize. But you know that it creates this 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 uh, um, this clashing of the of the image as a tough guy with a guy who's groveling for forgive. Maybe he should have said really so many times, just once, and 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 maybe that would have taken care of it. Yeah, it's interesting, and I think it raises the question of is social media a tool or a weapon in terms of branding, whether you're a company or a personal, like an individual, because on one end you see social media sites becoming a great platform for individuals to promote themselves, their, co their company or what have you. But on the other end, you also see kind of this cancel culture almost where you say the wrong thing, like, or just one wrong word and your entire brand could be shattered. So do you think social media is beneficial in this sense or detrimental for branding? Oh, it's both. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that can be a, a fantastic tool uh, because uh, you can cheaply uh, get your message out. Um, and just about every company from gigantic corporations to the smallest mom and pop operations, you know, they should have their social media because uh, you can get your message out, the information about your brand identity, your products, you know, the new things that you're, uh, that you're going to be uh, releasing. So um, is, is so and, and, and you can create so many messages. Now, it's not like the, uh, the multi-million dollar production of a, of a, of a TV commercial. Now, so you can constantly get the uh, get the message out so that is fantastic and especially for for small businesses for for, for entrepreneurs uh, that you know, can really put them on the on on oftentimes a pretty uh, pretty even level with much much bigger companies if they're good communicators if they're, they're skilled in using the social media you know, but then there's the uh, there's the dark side of it uh, that um, everything you uh, you put out on social media especially now if it's the, the CEO or if you're, it's your spokesperson or a person who runs their small business, you know, they want to make sure that they get as many tweets out as quickly as possible. And, you know, they're going and sending uh, something, something out kind of uh, maybe thoughtlessly at some point. You know, they, 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 they use an inadvertent word. And uh, all of a sudden, you're going to have a, a whole big mountain of bricks coming down on them because it's easy to pile on and the, uh, uh, the outrage. And then it's not just that someone reading that tweet, they're getting insanely outraged. Um, but now they want to go and tell the world. They want Maybe they might have 3,000 followers. And they're going to go and, and share that tweet. And those 3,000 followers will share it. And it's just going to go on and on and on and on. 
so 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 absolutely it's 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 um it's kind of like um oh this this is a metaphor they use in boxing that's kind of like uh, kind of like fire you know that really um in, in boxing they say that that fear is like fire it's both good and bad for you you know so really social media is kind of like fire uh that if you use it correctly it'll cook your food and it's going to keep your house warm um but if you let it get out of hand it can burn your house down uh so so absolutely and, and, and again you're absolutely right that, that we are living in a time where people just enjoy taking offense and and they get outraged over over you think the most most, most trivial things that oh my god the, the warner brothers brand is horrible now because uh, they have a skunk like pepe Le Pew, and uh it's 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 encouraging sexual harassment i uh, so and that started off from a, from an op-ed in a newspaper but then the social media gloms onto it and all of a sudden right the next day the Pepe Le Pew story is the uh, it's one of the other uh, top trending stories and it's damaging and the uh, uh damaging the brand of the of the studio so 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 you have to uh, you have to react to that how you doing professor sorry sorry for the jumping in late into this but uh -huh. I, I caught a great you know part of it um and I, you know a question that I have to ask you is how do public relation agencies mitigate damage done to the company's brand or reputation? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, sure, sure. Great seeing you again. Um, See, thank you. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. I remember we had some great discussions like this in the uh, um, in the class before. But, but yeah. Uh, so, public. Re <laughs> this is this is a very lucrative time for uh, for public relations companies and and crisis managers and and, and crisis communicators. You know, be, because uh, the da because uh, the yeah, the brands can be damaged uh, so quickly. And really, one of the uh, or among the, uh, uh, the the things that uh, uh, comp uh, that that PR professionals need to do. Uh, will be to react quickly uh, that um, react uh, to the uh, to the problem acknowledge uh, the problem um, what what is the uh, uh, what the nature of the problem uh, analyzing it that'll be uh, very important like say for example um, is the the damage to the brand because uh, uh, you have some product that man that, that malfunctioned and somebody got uh, got hurt you know so um, so take stock of that is it a problem where uh, one thing needs to be uh, needs to be fixed you know or is uh, is is the thing that damaged your your reputation something much bigger that there's a systemic uh, problem in your company uh, that um, it's a company that ignores uh, warnings from whistleblowers about product not uh, not working well or or a toxic environment you know so so that's that would be one of the first steps is to see what is the what is the source of the problem or the perception you know of your customers and your audiences to your uh, to your problem for example you you see this right now um, if you're um, if, if if anyone was interested in the uh, in the entertainment industry and you're reading the uh, the trade uh, publications of the film industry uh you notice that uh, ever since the harvey weinstein uh scandal that every time uh, you have produce everyone from producers you know, to, to, to the writers directors stars when they're being asked you know what is what what is uh, really important to them and their and their industry they're realizing that what the uh, uh what the harvey weinstein scandal exposed was a systemic 
uh, problem in the uh, in the film industry, and this is what they uh, what they what, what what the business needs to uh, to react to. And so, if if I'm a if I'm a crisis uh, communication specialist, I'm a PR person. That's why I tell them that look, that is that that's going to be your problem. Now, how do you talk to how uh, you are going to go and you completely revamp your culture? Now, that will have to be a part of your 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 communication strategy. And you do see this in the in the trade publications where so many. Uh, of the, uh, the professionals in the film industry are talking about, oh, we're moving uh, ahead by making sure that we hire more minorities, we put more uh, women in, in, in positions of power. You know, we, we, we listen to the whistleblowers. We go and beef up the, uh, the HR um, uh, the HR divisions that when someone's complaining, we, 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 we listen to them. So, so, so it's, that, that's going to be your first step. You know what's what is the um, uh, what is the biggest uh, the biggest issue uh, that you have, um, and and you need to um, uh, need to focus on that and stay visible and and active. I mean, ultimately, you need to uh, show your 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 customers, your your audiences that you acknowledge that you made a mistake. Now, um, I think probably most people, except for some of the extreme, you know, uh, angry fringes who just enjoy um, uh, burning somebody down or just enjoy being outraged, think, you know, people uh, can appreciate if someone or an organization says we made a mistake and we're going to own it. Uh, we admit this. You know what? We're going to listen to your. Uh, we're going to listen to your complaints. Even um, there was a time when when Microsoft um, actually had a uh, had a campaign like that where they set up a blog where where, where they had a, a PR um, issue where they had a lot of criticism about, about many of their business practices being very monopolistic, and so they were being seen as this as this you know um, um, large um, all engulfing uh, corporation. And uh, Microsoft says that yes. Uh, uh, we we understand that you, some some of you don't uh, you know see us for for what we are and you're you're angry at us uh, so they set up a blog uh, where they invited their critics please come and tell us you know what is the problem let's work work together uh, we want to understand what is it that you don't uh, you don't like about our company about our our brand we're, uh, and 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 we'll we'll own it and we'll work together uh, with you and also i uh, you know some, some something else that's uh, that's that's very important is to uh, step ahead, step out ahead of the uh, the criticism or potential criticism because this is something that's been interesting to see over the past year um and the uh, you know the Light of the uh, uh, the George uh, Floyd uh, murder and the uh, um, and the protests and, and the riots, where suddenly part of the uh, uh, the uh, the cultural conversation be, it becomes that there is a systemic racism problem in the United States, and quickly that become that became the narrative. I mean, you, even today, um, you, you just you pay attention to, it, especially right now, where we're at the anniversary of George Floyd's death, that you're going to constantly hear that phrase, right? It's systemic. That's not just the problem of this group of uh, cops who, who killed him, but it's a much bigger problem. It's even bigger than the police department. It's an American culture problem. You know, so that's going to go and engulf um, the uh, companies, you know, corporations, brands. So what you 
noticed um, afterwards uh, is, is, is when you, you had a number of uh, companies becoming proactive immediately saying that, yes, you know, we are committed uh, to, uh, to equality, to, to anti-racism, to social justice. So it's so always, always uh, um, take the initiative when you see that there's, uh, there's there, 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 the cultural currents in, in, are in such a way that they invite criticism of your, uh, of your organization, step out ahead of any, uh, any potential criticism anticipate it that's very interesting and i think the question i have would be do you think sometimes a company rolling out a pr campaign could come out as non-genuine in doing so and that could also harm their brand especially with you know like if there's a political uh, Mm -hmm. movement going on could you know could it seem that could it seem as they're kind of doing an insincere action just for some kind of boost of reputation. Mm-hmm. Right, right, absolutely. And 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 there was a, a branding and, and PR um, analysts have been looking at some of the ways some companies have reacted to uh, um, to the uh, to, to Black Lives Matter protests and and George Floyd, and they 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 looked at things that looked insincere. Uh, say, for example, like uh, some of the the food companies, like Aunt Jemima, I uh, got rid of the uh, got rid of the uh, the mascot, or Uncle Ben's was uh, Uncle Ben was removed you know so so they thought that that was that was the, the reaction there that yeah it's kind of opportunistic it's uh, it's, it's a little cheap and that you're just going on and throwing us uh, throwing us a bone here to uh, to make us happy well we never had the impression um, that your organization was one that was always you know mindful of racism or or social problems you know so um, when they uh, uh, when so they would look at uh, companies like that versus say something like uh, like Nike. Uh, some PR uh, analysts have, have commented that Nike um, handled it uh, very well. But, but what Nike also had going for it is it already had an established image of, of caring about, uh, about racial discrimination. They, uh, they used Colin Kaepernick um, at one point as their, as their spokesperson. And that was part of the message. And Colin Kaepernick wasn't just selling Nike gear, um, but uh, he was still you know, standing for his uh, for his for for his values, he's still he's still protesting uh, protesting racism. You know, so in the in the wake of, of George Floyd, the Nike uh, had a had had this interesting twist on their famous logo, right? The the Nike logo is just do it. You know, so uh, so at that point they used for once don't do it. You know, so, so the the uh, the message there is for once don't ignore um, discrimination, don't ignore racism, and that would be it would be established image of the uh, of the company um, that that um, Nike uh, customers uh, seem to uh, you know, research seem, seem to show that they appreciated that 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 was uh, that was done uh, done effectively. Also, there was another I read about uh, PR. Um, a practitioner is being surprised uh, that one um, uh, one product's uh, re- reaction was not quite as well received as the uh, as the Nikes uh, for once don't do it at uh, with uh, with Ben and Jerry's ice cream uh, they they came out with the resist ice cream um, and, and Ben and Jerry's always had that established image so that's that's, that's a surprising established image origin is kind of a you know, counterculture sort of hippie 
fish, and then taking more specific uh, stands on on various um, on various social uh, social issues and and policies uh, that apparently the. Uh, um, the research of the numbers seem to suggest that, it, it, that, that um, Ben and Jerry's fans weren't weren't seeing it as as, as being as quite as uh, quite as genuine. Although uh, Ben and Jerry's for the longest time had a um, had an issue manager, and they, they they understood that um, that that the Ben and Jerry's brand is this counterculture, you know, liberal uh, leaning organization, and they hired uh, a, a brand manager, an issue manager, you know, to make sure. That all of our ads are kind of uh, kind of speaking to that, and then plus, you know, what what happened with I mean, others would say that what's what's also going on with Ben and Jerry's is that uh, you know maybe the uh, the, the resist uh, message, and then when they, they they specifically said that well, we are also in favor of um, defunding the police. That you know, there they might have gone a step too far, getting to specific um, specific policy recommendations because I mean that's really loudly loudly screamed. Okay, now we're a liberal ice cream. If you're a conservative, well, I can't, if I'm a conservative, I can't eat your ice cream anymore. Am I the villain? No, am, am I the, the, the demon that you're that you're trying to uh, that you're trying to fight? So uh, you do have to uh, you have to write this fine line, this fine edge, to seem sincere, but also be careful uh, when you uh, when you align yourself with very specific uh, political um, policies, um, because you're going to have a lot of people who are bound to disagree with it, and you know they like ice cream too. Yeah, I think that's very interesting. And it's a very good point because I think we're, especially when you're getting into politics, I feel like politics are at a forefront right now more than ever where you're, it's the division, you're either one or the other. And I think if you're, mm -hmm. if you lean to one side and you do it too much, you can completely exclude the, the other side of the spectrum. And that's a lot of customers that you could be losing and it could hurt your brand. Oh, absolutely. I, we were always talking about the, uh, the polarized country. It's incredibly, incredibly polarized. I, you know, people were old enough uh, remember the uh, the late 60s and the early 70s, counterculture, Vietnam. Uh, they'll say that, you know, we're, we're, we're at that point, if, if not even uh, if not even worse. Um, and, and absolutely, when, when you go in and you wade into uh, political policies, you just, that, that's a fact. Uh, you're not going to please everyone. So you have to, uh, you have to decide, you know, which, uh, which side uh, you're going to appeal to. And then you have to accept uh, the fact that maybe you might lose uh, some, uh, some customers as a, as a result. Yeah, it's very interesting stuff. I think it's, you know, I, I find branding very interesting because you kind of touched on it. It kind of works with uh, sociology, psychology. It's like how the human mind works, and you can. It's it's just I find it very interesting, especially with how thin of a line that relationship with the customer can be, or your fans. If you're an individual, like you, like you said, twenty years you can build it, five minutes can destroy it. It's it, it it's it's very interesting, like seeing how humans work when it when it comes to this. Right, because people are not rational people, most of them, or maybe we try to, you know, but we're also extremely emotional and we get offended um, easily. Um, and, and when we're living in a time where, 
you know, uh, we, 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 ideally a democracy should live by, by the value that, look, um, we might disagree, but we respect each other. Or, or, you know, I might disagree with what you have to say, but I'll defend to the death your right to say it. You know, if, uh, if we're, 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 we're living in a time where, where those who disagree with us are constantly telling us that we're evil, uh, then you get your, you, know, you, 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 you raise your shields, you get your defenses up. And if you, 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 you hear any message that's counter to your political position, you're, you're ready to scream and, and ask for boycotts and then ask for, for, for cancellations. So you know, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll come together again soon as a, um, as a culture, but, 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 but yeah, because when you're dealing with this in business and the whole, uh, and, 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 and your main tool for selling your product, is an appeal to the emotions, you know, um, selling selling toothpaste and that suggests that you're going to have a fantastic sex life as a result. Now you're you're dealing entirely with the emotions, um, and and when uh, in a time when people's emotions are so frayed, uh, the, the the outcome can be either very successful or extremely de uh, destructive to your brand. And and to piggyback off of you know your. Your, the classes you teach, right? One of them being conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Could you touch on your work on cons uh, conspiracy theories? Right. Uh, and so I was uh, for, for a number of years now. I've been uh, I've, I've been very fascinated by just people who appear to be living in a completely different reality. You know, so the, the part of the work that studies film and, and, and pop culture uh, had me analyzing at one point the, uh, uh, the, uh, the themes of conspiracy theories and movies, but I'm, I'm becoming so fascinated by the, the people who believe it in, 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 in real life. And uh, what I'm noticing um, is that actually you see a lot of the same, uh, the same sort of um, mechanics at work between the conspiracy theorist who goes and creates these messages and sells it to uh, uh, to their to their followers. You have the same kind of uh, kind of branding uh, phenomenon going on, right? So so that's 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 where the uh, the uh, the uh, interest came from. You know, people who believe that, that that the Earth is flat, all right, or 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 the QAnon people. I mean, geez, and come on, uh, when they say things like there's a there, there's a satanic um, plot to kidnap children and 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 drink their blood. I want to tell these people, look. Say that, record that, okay? say it and record it, and then play it back and realize how insane you sound. You know, but, but, but nevertheless, um, it's, it's, uh, there, there, there's a large segment of the population who appears to be very alienated uh, from a consensus reality, from, from all authorities. Um, if, if you tell them that here's a fact and you know, prof Nobel Prize winning professor so-and-so from Harvard has, has, has established uh, that the COVID vaccine is safe for you, they will react to that and say, no, it's exactly because he's a Nobel laureate uh, from Harvard that that's exactly why I'm not going to believe it because he is part of this system uh, that's oppressing me and is trying to, uh, trying to kill me. And what happens though is, so you have the people who are so, um, so alienated, but then their alienation is then being fed you know, by people like Alex Jones um, or, or just, just a ton of other, uh, other conspiracy sites. There's this really insane one called the State of the Nation that said that 
you know, I, uh, I was a mastermind behind the measles outbreak in upstate New York two years ago. You know, so so uh, here you have the purveyors uh, who go and give the product uh, to essentially their uh, their customers. You know, they realize that you have a, a customer base out there. You know, who wants to um, wants to be told that they're right, uh, that there's a system that's uh, that's that's abusing them. And, and when you look at that, when you look at you know the Alex Jones or State of the Nation, or before it's news, my God, there, there, there's a good one. You check that out, and your head's going to be spinning. Before it's news, dot com. That essentially every single thing to them is a conspiracy. You know, so that's why you're realizing. Well, that's 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 what the Alex Joneses are doing here. That's it's it, that became their brand. I go and uh, I'm 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 uh, skeptical of everything. You know, so now anything that could happen. I mean, Los Angeles could be hit by a strong earthquake. It's completely plausible. But the Alex Jones brand needs to comment on on all of the major events of the day and explain that what you saw on TV is not what really happened. You know, that was a uh, um, that was a seismic weapon. Uh, that was that's being run by by run from Area 51, built on alien technology, and that's what really did it. So that they can go in and crack down on your liberties. So it's a, very much it's, a, it's the exact same sort of situation. You know, customer um, who's buying a, a buying a brand, and then here the uh, the product is the information. I think it's very interesting because you mentioned earlier it's, we're at an apex, and I feel like this kind of thinking has crept into the business world in a sense right where you see like bill gates and melinda gates they recently separated and mm -hmm. conspiracy theorists are running wild about possible connections with uh the jeffrey epstein situation and mm -hmm. i just found it interesting because it, it kind of is getting into that the business realm of mm -hmm. you know it is getting into the business aspect of things and it is kind of interesting Oh sure, sure. I mean, right, right at the core of the of the really committed conspiracy theorists is that part of the the great forces of evil um, are, are are corporations or big companies. You know, those who are very successful, those are those who are very wealthy. And you know, automatically, the, uh, the the mind says, "Well, it must be because somehow you're oppressing me, and my life could be better off um, if, if if you weren't you know keeping me uh, keeping me down." Uh, so so naturally, you know when. when I mean, you see those who have a lot of power and, and, and privilege or you know, reach like, uh, like, like, like corporations or any kind of successful business organizations, they're going to be a, a magnet uh, for, for accusations that uh, you know, they're, 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 they're really pulling strings to keep everybody else down, uh, to, to make it that my life would be so much better and this world would be so much better um, if it wasn't for, for them. You know they're doing stuff in their in their in their high rises and their their corporate offices, and so naturally, I just I, I just want I, I I'm believing that they're 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 up to no good. And so so yeah so uh, knowing knowing this with the, the point again about you know about you know, keeping ahead of potential um uh, potential scandal you know you know, keep this in mind and that that could oftentimes be uh, one of the uh, the criticisms getting uh, getting leveled at you that that you know somehow you're you're unfairly rigging the game uh, that that somehow you're 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 somebody somebody out there who's not happy not living the life they would like they're going to blame you for that. 
you know so so how can you how can you counter uh, that argument you know how are you running you know pro-social organization you know what kind of uh, things do you invest in to make the the world a better place you know do you do you donate to uh, the charities to uh, you know to, to to feed the hungry or to uh, um, uh, help uh, help AIDS in AIDS-stricken countries or the or, or the environment or any kind of uh, you know any sort of uh, sort of sort of pro-social steps that you can take uh, can hopefully you know, alleviate <laughs> the, you know, the problem that an accusation of conspiracy can can level it at you. But then again, you know, the, the the hardcore conspiracy theorists who wants to believe, you know, that they will always believe, you know, no, no matter what. So you know, there's 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 some people that you just uh, that you said you'll just never going to be able to convince. You can't please everyone. <laughs> oh no, 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 absolutely, especially not the true believers. You know, don't 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 confuse them with the facts. <laughs> and then, Professor, I guess a question or last question that I have is: in this current job market, what advice would you give students currently looking for a job? Um, mm -hmm. You know, given this pandemic environment. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, right now, the most important thing is is, is experience. Um, experience and look at your uh, your school and what kind of uh, internship opportunities they can offer you. Uh, that um, I mean, especially in, in public relations and, and marketing, take advantage of as many opportunities as you can to get your foot in the door. You know, take an internship, even if it's an unpaid internship. You know, look at it as an investment in your uh, in your future. Uh, that uh, that way you can you're able to put you know, some professional activity on a uh, on a resume, um, because I mean, it's it's it's, a, it's it's an unfortunate thing to see uh, when you have students who uh, who don't take advantage of that while in uh, while in college. And then afterwards, they all keep saying the same thing. Well, they turned me down because I have no experience. And it was coming out of college or even out of graduate school, um, an internship uh, can can show that you had some experience. You understand the day-to-day -day real working of a, of a company in the field that you want to be in. And not just the theoretics in the classroom and, and the stuff out of the book, but you've been out there. Uh, you know how it, how it works. Do, do several internships. I mean, usually when 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 we're talking to uh, to to people that we're in touch with um, in, in the uh, in the PR and marketing fields, that's that's what they're always suggesting. Try to do several internships if you um, uh, if you can, um, because that's that's what will will, will really um, set you apart uh, from from a candidate that they that they choose not to go with. And 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 you know, unfortunately. We have seen a number of uh, instance, instances like that, and uh, with with a number of alumni, and that where you notice that they, we've had some some really really brilliant kids in some some classes, and they were struggling afterwards because they were not do, they didn't take uh, the the opportunity they didn't take advantage of an internship, uh, whereas uh, whereas others who who did um, later on are, are are thriving and then moving on to uh, they're getting the job out of college, moving on to a better one after. After that, uh, a better one after that, but but it's really it's it's the experience, and you know when you're a college student, the internship is what's going to give you that experience. No, and especially uh, given that most colleges now offer internship credits as well. All right, you get it based on your transcript, show mm -hmm. it like even proving you know 
that you got in, you get a grade, or you, if you do zero credits, you know, at least it shows that you did an internship mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Well, in, in the uh, in the communication department, both in the undergrad uh, section and in our graduate program too, uh, we couple the, uh, the the job experience with a class experience for three credits. Right. So you get three credits towards your requirements. So you can't lose. Please take <laughs> take advantage of it. Definitely, I think having experience, like on, put to put that on your resume, is definitely great advice to have because experience can set you apart, right? It teaches you a lot of skills, it, great experiences can make that, a, it could be a differentiator when the time comes to apply for a job. Mm -hmm. oh, sure, sure, absolutely. And and then when you're, you're, the job you're applying for could be the one, the same place where you intern. We've seen that with a, uh, with a number of, of students. If you just make a really good impression, you know, be humble. Because here's something else that oftentimes, the, the, the stories that are coming out of, uh, <clears throat> of the professional world where, where, where people are dealing with, with college interns. You know, some of them are going, to go, going there arrogantly. Uh, they're going to have this, this, this attitude that, well, yeah, I'm a college student. I'm too good to be making coffee. Or I'm too good to be, a good, to be Xeroxing. You know, I, I want something better. If you're not going to give it to me, I'm, I'm going to leave. Uh, and sometimes they do. And, 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 and they're, they're, they're cheating themselves out of uh, um, the, uh, the work experience that you can put on a resume and also network. Now, if you if you if you're just humble enough, you impress somebody that you're a nice person. I mean, nobody like nobody likes a jerk and someone who's arrogant, right? You know, so if you if you make a good impression on someone, they might hire you, or they can go call a friend in the industry and say, "Here's a fantastic student I had from St. Peter's. Uh, they were just the absolute best intern I've ever had. I trusted them with everything. I gave them more and more um, uh, responsibilities, and definitely go and interview them. You know, trust me uh, that that you won't you won't make a mistake. You know, so 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 that's 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 the sort of uh, uh, sort of uh, extras that you can get out of uh, out of an internship that can open the door and get your career going. And that kind of ties into the whole branding thing, right? You're branding yourself. You want to come off as a good a good worker, a nice person, and those things can resonate mm -hmm. with. And a possible future employer or a network that can get you your your future job. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, the uh, the brand goes down all the way to the uh, to the person uh, to, to the individual, uh, to the personality. That 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 obviously you want to brand yourself as someone who is reliable, uh, someone who has a, a work ethic. You know, arrogant. No, nobody likes arrogance, right? Um, and especially if you're uh, if if you're dealing with a very very competitive um, competitive fields, uh, where, for example, in in, in communication. And the, uh, and the media, those are any time, even in, in good economies, those are hyper competitive um, industries to go to television or, or public relations or, 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 or film, a any of this. I have just so many people wanting to, uh, to enter, enter feel, like, feel like this. You know, so if your personal, your image, your personal brand uh, becomes that you're someone who is reliable, they have a work ethic, you know, they're not gonna be uh, arrogant. They're willing to, to learn and ultimately dependable. Uh, that, that's, that, that's going to make the, make the difference there between the internship being over and you're not going anywhere or saying, hey, you know, we'd like to hire you. Or I know a friend who's looking for somebody right now. Go and, uh, go and talk to them for an interview. Uh, professor, thank you so much. I think we covered a lot of information. 
in our conversation less than an hour but we covered a lot of topics a lot of a lot of food for thought for everyone listening out there i learned a lot i really enjoyed the conversation i know nick came halfway i'm sure he learned a lot as well <laughs> it's been a pleasure thanks guys thank you so much for for having me you have a fantastic show going and going here i listened to um to your other episodes and i highly recommend it to everybody thank oh, you thank you thank you we appreciate that and i will shout out your your publications your books as well in the description of this episode where so guys where if you're watching this listening this listening to this you know check out the description of this and you can find uh, the professor's works, uh, his nonfiction and his fiction works. So check those out. Thanks a lot. So thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. It's been fun. Thank you so much.